The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Hey, it's Brandon. Here we are at the end of Yield. It's also been just the end of the year, the end of the election cycle. Ellipsis, question mark, bang. It's hard to believe that, uh, just ended no code a couple months ago and was talking about how the coronavirus pandemic was still happening and we're here at the end of the yield season and that is still the case although right now we have a vaccine and we're just waiting for that to roll out and waiting for people to get their heads out of their asses and take it so that we can try to get back to quote-unquote normal, even though we all know that normal was a work in progress. So we have to remember there's still much to be done, even as we are hopeful about the future, hopefully, because that's what life is. It is movement. We're all sharks here. We can't just be barnacles to further the, uh, the sea life metaphor I'm going for here. And in a way, that's sort of what the the album Yield is about. So let's get into this episode then. Hello. Hi, the people who are listening. This is the Better Band Podcast. We're here today to talk about Pearl Jam and the album Yield. <laughs> that's a funny name for a music called e- Yield. <laughs> so we all know why you're here, and that's to hear me thank the people who helped me record this season. I would like to thank, of course, Randy Sobel and John Farrar from the Live on Four Legs podcast, Aurelio Moreau, Ryan Bauer, Patrick Bogle, Kevin Levine, Carlos Casas from the Into Deep Pearl Jam podcast, Kevin Lassard, Eddie Quintana, Dave Chinaki, Chris Thomas, Joey Goodsir, Johnny Firecloud from the Anti-Quiet blog and podcast, Bob Remington, Harry Geyer, and Bradley Pisecki. And while I'm throwing thank yous around, I also want to thank everybody that had donated to my Kofi this past year at ko-fi.com slash b-r-a-n-d-e-n-p. With their help and some of my own money, I was able to give $125 to the Food Bank of Northern Nevada while the COVID pandemic has been going on to try to help out my community in some way. Um, And I believe according to their website and everything that that means, I was able to get over 300 meals out there to the community, the people who need it. So I want to thank everybody that... uh, that helped me out with that. And while I'm on the subject of Kofi, I am planning to give thought, uh, serious thought, uh, to having a supplemental podcast to this one to cover improvs and live covers, stuff that uh, hasn't been released on an album, uh, even demos and stuff that are out there like I mentioned on the wishlist episode. And I am going to try to do that on Kofi instead of Patreon because I do not like P. 
Patreon that well. I mean, it's fine if you want to use it. I'll go ahead and still support the people who are on and are using it. I just don't like to contribute, at least with what I'm doing. Sort of like the comedian Jackie Cation has said um, that while she will wear clothes that are uh, made in sweatshops, she's not willing to sell clothes that are made in sweatshops. So keep your eye out for that when I finally get around to start doing that. I'm going to make sure I have a huge backlog of that stuff before I start doing that as well. So maybe by the end of the year, who knows? I know I don't know because I'm only in the early planning stages right now. But other than that, uh, there's also letters or letter uh, to read, of course, from Chris Thomas, the PJ letter guy. I'm going to dub him. Everybody else on uh, all the other podcasts, if you want to use that nickname for him, you are uh, completely welcome. Uh, he writes to me. He wrote to me about some other stuff that because he's uh, he's uh, going to be a guest and he has been a guest uh, on episodes. So uh, as you this season he was on In Hiding and he's uh, got a track coming up on Binaural as well but uh, he wrote to me hi Brandon Uh, I'm really glad Ryan came on for the No Way episode he seems to have had a great appreciation for the song since it came out in 1998 what really caught my attention was comparing the message of the song to be in line with the war with Ticketmaster the band namely Stone took on the man and unfortunately weren't able to make a difference. I'm not sure if this was accurate, but I believe that period of Pearl Jam was highly contentious, and I am sure taking on Ticketmaster added onto the stress, as if Stone wrote the song to say, I'm just going to focus on what I love most, and that's making music. The line, let's call in an angel, does have me wondering if there was any truth to this being a message of trying to make a difference and realizing it can't always do so, who would be the angel in the Ticketmaster standoff? In regards to the music, I wish I had the technology to drown out the vocals, no offense, Ed, just to hear the riff from Stone throughout and then the bass during the end of the bridge in the song. That's such a cool and groovy song, and I have appreciated it more and more throughout the years. I'm very lucky to have been present for the 12th time they played it live. Forced to endure what I could not forgive, Chris. And uh, I wrote back to him uh, I don't know who the angels could be but what I do know about them besides being covered in wings and eyeballs is that a lot of time they a lot of times they come to earth to get their smite on but you can never be too sure about upon who they are going to lay the smacketh down is it going to be a good thing Ticketmaster is forced to stop being a dick or a bad thing you get laughed at for having principles and shamed for ever having cared in the first place and of course uh, Ticketmaster in the news again, because they uh, they hacked another uh, tick company uh, right before the tick company went out of business. Uh, there's a news story out there, uh, something about it. Um, and of course, uh, who who could have seen that coming? Of course, the uh, everybody who's been a fan of Pearl Jam and known what Dick's Ticketmaster is know that uh, you know. Maybe, maybe you can relate to something in the news that's happening right now that, uh, hey, if uh, somebody doesn't really have to face consequences, they probably are going to feel emboldened to, uh, to be dicks in the future. And speaking of being held accountable for things, um, it's not necessarily because of uh, 
John Roderick, the uh, guy known as Bean Dad, but I have thought, and I want to make sure that if I can ask for anybody listening to this to make sure that I am held accountable, that you hold me accountable if I say anything on this podcast that um, is insensitive or just plain shitty behavior, bad jokes and bad taste, um, something I may not realize is ableist, just anything that's sort of the purview of, a, of, a, of being a shitty person because I don't want to be that. I want to be, you know, a good person. And sometimes speaking off the cuff with people and I might miss things when I'm editing because I'll be like, ah, uh, it looks like I don't say um here. So I can kind of, kind of move past this and uh, not listen to it while I'm editing and kind of skip a couple parts. But um, this isn't some sort of virtue signaling, white knight, PC, politically correct sort of thing. Me trying to earn brownie points with, uh, I don't know, ultra woke allies or whatever. It's just me not wanting to be an asshole, me wanting to be inclusive. You know, I know that there's a bunch of fans of Pearl Jam that aren't straight white guys. They're out there. Hopefully they're listening to this podcast. And, you know, if you want to come on, I'll talk to you. There's got to be black fans out there, gay fans, trans, people who don't live in the United States, you know. Fans who are differently abled. I mean, what's it like to go to a show for you? This band appeals to all kinds. And so I think that um, I would like to talk to all kinds. And in so doing so, I don't want to alienate anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody unintentionally. So go ahead and, and drag me. Say, hey, dude, that's not cool. Go ahead, call me out. I should be a better person. And I, I would hope that... The people listening to this are people who are inspired by Pearl Jam to try to be good people, good citizens, good humans as well. And cheap jokes and ironic, sarcastic racism or misogyny and stuff is just lazy and not funny. And I think social media and reading this stuff has really sort of soured the whole concept of it, the the power that sarcasm and irony used to have that Gen X really seized upon doesn't really, it can't really exist anymore because it's it's one thing to, to hear somebody say something like, oh yeah, the earth is flat. But, you know, when you read it, when somebody's making Facebook posts about it or making memes on it or something like that, there's some people who might get the joke or whatever, but then there's other people saying, oh yeah, totally, yeah, that's something that is true and I agree with. And I don't really know if that's a failure of the medium or a failure of the intention behind it, because those types of messages are meant to signal to the insiders that, okay, we know what's really being said, right? And the people who are on the outside aren't and ha 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 they're so stupid because they don't know what we're really talking about but then there's other people who have those same messages who are sincere about those things who are like oh yes we really do hate these types of people 
And so you saying that you hate those types of people, oh yeah, that's that's cool. You're you know, you're one of us, you're like us or whatever. And so is that really showing them up? Is that making them look like fools? Or is that just emboldening people who might think that more people than really do think like them, think like them. And then plus there's the whole point of view of the person who's being the butt of the joke, the victim, or the 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 people who are being maligned. I mean, are you really going to get mad at your kid if you look them in the eye and tell them, I don't love you, I wish you were never born, haha, I don't mean it, so don't get upset, it's just a joke. Or, I wasn't really seriously thinking about kidnapping members of Congress and uh, trying to get to overthrow the government or whatever. It's just a joke. It's just something we were talking about online. Why is everybody taking me seriously? If you say hurtful things and it's not your intent to hurt somebody, you are still using hurtful words. Those words have been used to hurt in the past. There's a history and a context to them that doesn't get wiped away when you say JK afterwards. It would be like punching somebody in the arm, them saying ow, and you saying, oh, I didn't hit you that hard. Those punches are meant to hurt, even if you're doing it in a playful manner, or you weren't doing it that hard. It's not up to you, the person who is brandishing the language or these weapons to decide how the other person feels. You have to believe the people you are using these words against if you are in a position of power or or privilege you don't get to decide for the people that are under you who are of a lower stature than you get to feel about your oppression of them and so i really think that the way around this is to try to just be sincere and honest i mean a lot of us came to pearl jam because of that sincerity and that honesty, you know, there's black, there's daughter, rearview mirror, there are these things that are very from the heart. One person putting it all out there because if you hold it inside yourself, it's just like keeping a, a time bomb inside your own chest. And so you, you know, throw it out into the middle of the ocean, hoping that, uh, you know, you don't get hit with any shrapnel. And the explosion, the resultant mushroom cloud is seen by other people who are like, yes, I have that inside of myself as well. I know what that's like. That's somebody else who's like me. I think it's something that I've talked a lot about on this podcast is just the sort of opening up and being, I don't even know. I can't remember. <laughs> You'll have to listen to older episodes, re-listen to those. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing this for about two years now and I've said a lot of stuff. <laughs> And maybe I've uh, I've said a little too much, so uh, let's let's get into breaking down my final thoughts on Yield. Now that I've uh, I've gone through the entire album, so starting out before this season, I had ranked Yield my fourth favorite album, just behind No Code. It started off as a three point seven out of five stars, and now it is a four point oh. I think I've. Uh, gotten a little more appreciation for I think Pilot and Push Me Pull Me. I had ranked a little bit lower, but you know, 
listening to it, talking about it, thinking about the album like I have to do when I'm writing notes and doing all these episodes. I like those songs a little bit more than uh, than I had in hearing it in the past, what, 15, more than 15, 15, 20 years or whatever since it came out. More than 20 years. Oh my gosh, that's right. It came out in 90, uh, 98. And of course, everybody says that this album is a return to form, Pearl Jam getting back to their roots and... What that could possibly mean is that, uh, you know, this album and Versus only had two songs that Eddie had written by himself. Um, Ten had just one. So it could be a reference to that kind of sound they get when the whole band is working together and it's not, you know, Eddie and Pearl Jam. And as you get on into the more recent albums, there is a lot more of Eddie doing all the songwriting and Everybody else kind of taking another step back. So is that a reason why more recent albums aren't as popular? Question mark? Or is it just because it's newer and everybody has nostalgia for the stuff that they listened to back when they were younger? Because you have uh, hormones firing and memories forming. Your life is starting to take shape. And so everything that happens there has a little bit more impact than something later on when you're an adult and... You kind of already have your life all figured out, in theory. Again, looking at my album rankings uh, versus 10 no-code yield, at this point it looks like, you know, the earlier stuff is a little bit more favored than some of the later stuff. Vitology, at the very bottom, mostly because of the little kind of weird tracks like that, you know, cohesively as an album. Uh, Okay, trying to make an artistic statement, but, you know, that's back in my vitology finale so you can listen to that but another thing is that in these periods of time for the band these are more sort of creatively fertile um, times where the band was invigorated reinvigorated at some points they were having fun they were being a band uh, no code being the outlier there but the presence of jack irons started to bring the band together on that album and here with yield they've gotten over those wounds and offenses that uh plagued that caused strife and anxiety in the no code era and so as we get more on into the the next albums we'll see how how that theory sort of holds how it looks like i'm, I'm probably going to re-rank some of these albums a little bit higher and just because in listening to them and sort of remembering oh yeah you know this stuff is really good. So I hope you'll continue with me on that journey. Next week, we have Binaural starting. And uh, in my ranking right now, Binaural is right behind Yield. So thank you all for listening again. Or thank you again for listening. Stay safe. Keep wearing your masks. Socially distance. But don't emotionally distance. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Betterbandpod.com. Betterbandpod. Twitter and Instagram. BetterBandPod at gmail.com. And again, for all my past guests, this is Brandon thanking you and as always saying, I want that oil well. I've got a monopoly to maintain. I own the electric company and the waterworks, plus the hotel on Baltic Avenue. Bye-bye. Better Bond Podcast. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is a type of rock and roll, but it's not just... The one that's just called rock and roll. It's called Pearl Jam. And now that you've all seen this or heard it, 
I think it's time to say bye-bye to your folks. Okay? Bye-bye to your folks. <laughs> Listen up.